Sports Spot of the Week with me and the effervescent James Goulding. And we've got good news for the listeners this week, haven't we, James? We've got the best news. Yeah, JJ's not here this week. You know we're going to get in trouble for that, but still. I know, I know. He's, it's, so, um, why don't you explain to the listeners what the format, what we think the format is for this season? Right, so what we think the format is, and JJ will probably tell us that we've got it all wrong, but we've started, mm-hmm. so we'll finish. Um, did you like the Mastermind reference there? It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, at the end of each episode, we put a click go on a random number generator it generates a number from what are we up to at the moment because i've had to add episodes since last time we recorded because new star trek has come out but anyway from one to 788 um that correlates with a list that i've got that nobody else can see because they don't know what order i've put things in as to a series and an episode number and then i tell us what the episode is we have a look and that's what we watch in between the episodes so that the following week we can discuss it and have a chat about it. Now, last week, um, when I clicked the random number generator, it came up with Season 3, Episode 26 of Voyager, which is Scorpion Part 1, and then JJ changed the rules and decided that seeing as it was a two-parter, we had to sit and watch the whole thing. So I've been very diligent. I've done it. I've watched the whole thing, parts one and two. I think you deserve great credit for sitting through two episodes of Voyager, because let's be honest, Voyager isn't your favourite, is it? No, it, it is. It, it's my. It, it's down the bottom of my of my pile. It's not my favourite either. No. So. It's an irony that the first one out is Voyager and Gigi's not here to defend it because it's <laughs> his favourite. Oh, we're going to get in so much trouble. Yes, yes, we are. So you, you've got notes. Do you have many notes? I do. I've got about three pages of notes. Have you? Yeah. I've got... I've got um, about the same. Um, this is my first note. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, for those um, who were just listening, that says WTF. And this is my second note. Fucking genocide, Janeway. Yeah. yeah. And this is my page three of notes. Fuck's sake, Janeway. So, I think there's an indication here on how this episode's going to go. Yeah, yeah. M- my notes are more detailed, but they've got an equal amount of sass, I would say. <laughs> I do like sass. Sass. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, if I was to summarise the episode, I would say it's not as good as I remember it when I first saw it. Yeah, I got to the end of it and I was like, eh. And I think that's how I'll have to sum this episode up, is just, eh. Um, I mean, Scott, part one was directed by David Livingston. Yep. Long-term Star Trek director, really knows his stuff. Part two was directed by Winrick Colby, again, another long-term Star Trek director, really knows his stuff, and episodes one and two were written by Brannon Braga and Joel Minoski. I think the Brannon Braga part's where it falls down. 
Uh, he did write some good stuff, but he was quite inconsistent, I felt. Yeah. I don't know who which, wrote which bits, but there was a lot of inconsistency in it. Yeah. I mean, I, what I will say is, when I first saw the episode, when it was first transmitted, and the opening scene was epic, the, the three Borg cubes. And it was so it, short. I loved yeah. how short it was. It was literally three Borg, boom, 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 opening credits. Yeah. And done, and you're left thinking all through the opening credits, what the fuck? Yeah. What, what just happened there? Yeah. Um, I've never seen anything like that with the Borg. I, I mean, that's one of, to me, that was one of um, Voyager's feelings was the, the desecration of the Borg as the series went on from this point. Yeah. Um, hell, I was blowing up Borg cubes left, right, and center. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, no one else could do it, but Janeway could blow them. Up. I could blow up Borg cubes left, right, and center. Um, but that was, you know, but I don't. Shall, shall we begin? What's on your notes? So. Take us off. We'll start at the beginning. I've got something destroying the Borg right before the credits. Rather cool. What can be scarier than the Borg? Mm. And then my next note is John Reese davis makes an excellent Leonardo. I'd forgotten how good he was. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, he's a bit of a misogynist Brexit voting right-wing nut job, but all of that, he's great. As an actor, he's quite good. <laughs> and... I did write one note down. At one point, does he say Picasso as an expletive? Oh. Does he use the word Picasso as a swear word? Uh, it sounds uh, like it. He, should, he shouldn't be using the word Picasso at all. He shouldn't know who he is. It, it sounded like he said, well, he, he is a hologram. It's not the real Leonardo. Yeah. You see, that made me yearn for Discovery, because Discovery, they'd have just said fuck. Hmm. Anyway, and also, more importantly, how come Neelix is scratching around in the kitchen trying to find food, everybody's on reduced replicator rations, and Janeway can still go and fart around on the holodeck? Yes, you would imagine a holodeck would be a huge energy drain. Like, what the fuck? What's that all about? Well, again, um, can, I, can I refer you to... <laughs> Not, not number three, which says uh, simply... Fuck's sake, Janeway. Yep. Yeah. I think we may make a lot of references to note number three. Uh, uh, of any of them. To be fair, that could have all three of them. Yeah. And then we move on and then we start talking about this Northwest Passage. And they're talking about that. Is it just me or does it feel like the opening to an episode of Casualty? Uh, is it the setup to the disaster before they all get to hospital? It just feels that sort of way. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of that, isn't it? I mean, obviously they're paying tribute to the, the uh, elusive Northwest Passage, which was meant to, uh, I believe, the, the believe that went around Canada, didn't they, to go from the Atlantic to the Pacific? Is that the North Atlantic Crossing? The, yeah, that's you know, the, the, rather than go south and take months and months to go around Cape Horn, they kept searching for. The Northwest oh, right. Passage, which would go in the north from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Did that have I, really bad CGI aliens in it as well? Uh, uh, no, no, that was what they were really trying to do historically. But oh, lots right. of people, lots of people, and ships got killed in the, the Arctic ice trying to find it. Um, well, ships didn't get killed; they got destroyed. Yeah, because ships aren't alive unless they're magic eight four seven two ships. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, th I, th I feel you skipped ahead about five minutes in the episode there. I, hey, hey. I, I, my next note is Kez does crazy brain shit and links herself to a dead Borg. Uh, she's missing a trick there. She should have become the Borg Queen, is my next note. 
Well, this is interesting. I don't know. When when did this episode go out? Uh, it went out 21st of May 1997 was part one. Right, so that was after First Contact, wasn't it? Yeah. And yet, we, so this is, must be the last episode where we don't see a Borg Queen. Yeah. Despite there being a Borg Queen in First Contact and... But, you know, doing you are, a mind meld with a dead Borg, surely that should have some more serious negative effects. Um... Well, it didn't on seven. She connected herself back into the Borg cube, and two minutes later, she was fine. Well, yeah, uh, no, that's fair. But she is already a bit Borgy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the, oh, the Kes stuff was like, oh god. I mean, Kes was a really annoying character for three seasons already. Yeah, and this didn't help. This didn't. This didn't help. Um, so then, some Borg turn up, and they just fuck off. And then I got really distracted. I can't remember what they were talking about in Janeway's ready room but there was a really annoying dent in the back of the door and I couldn't stop staring at the dent in the back of the slidey magic door on Janeway's ready room to the point where oh. fuck knows what they were talking about other than the fact that Chakotay tells her she does a really good Picard impression and I sat there and went, you fucking don't, love. I didn't notice that. I'll have to have a look. <laughs> it's not I'll like have... a massive dent. It's just, you know, when something just distracts you. Yeah. Like, There's a dent in that door. See, this, this is the thing. I, I, I was watching a Red Letter Media one ages ago, a Red Letter, Red Letter Media podcast, and they were talking about watching TNG yeah. in HD and the sets. And it's like, you know, whenever something got broken on the set, because it was just for, you know, 1980s, 1990s TV, all yeah. a bit of cellar tape there, and, uh, you know, along the bottom of the sets, you can see all the scuff marks where their shoes have kicked it when it, when you watch it in HD, but obviously if you watch, watched it back in the day, you wouldn't have seen it. So yeah. it's, a, it's a case of HD picking up a flaw. Well, it's not for Voyager, because it it's still only in standard definition. They haven't done it to yeah. HD yet. So so that dent in the door could have been seen in 1997. There's no excuse for that. Is it, oh, I'm going to have to go back. Anyway, right, so this is the big... The big meeting in the conference room. No, this is in the ready room at the moment. In the ready room. Yeah, where, ready room. where um, she's quoting all the captains and Chakotay says, oh, you did a really good impression of so-and-so, and your Picard was really good as well, but it fucking wasn't. Um, and they're, they're talking about um, who could do this to the Borg and some organic thing, and then my next note says, away team time! Um that's when they go to the, the, the cube. So they the go to the cube and they find the Borg centipede, which just reminded me of the film The Human Centipede, but made out of Borg. Well, that was actually only just a 12-inch high model, apparently. Was it? Yeah. I, I was reading up the trivia notes on the episode. Oh, right. cool. Not that interesting. Then, then you've got Borg Man with his things sticking out of his hand that can go through anything, because the Doctor said that earlier on, but they can't get into... 8472, so he can't yeah. assimilate it. Um, this organic thing is a ship, so they're going to go and explore it. Um, in the meantime, Kim's going to download the tactical database, which is really lucky that it's oh. a user interface that he understands and then c can interact yeah. with, with it being oh, Borg is, and him not yeah, being yeah. a computer. This is where Kim gets infected because he's still doing his contract negotiations, isn't he? Yeah. So they've not decided if they're going to cure him yet or not. Yeah, so, I think so, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, then was... we go inside a whale decorated with fairy lights. Because uh, okay. why the fuck did the neurons flash? What, what, uh, what, 
um, I know reasons. Okay. Yeah. And why isn't it slimy? Because if you go inside, like, because it looks like the inside of a whale. Um, I can't remember which museum it is. Is it the Natural History in London where you get to walk basically through the ribcage of a whale? Uh, I don't think you get... Well, you can walk underneath it because they've got it suspended from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, well, it feels like that. But I just imagine it would be more slimy. Yeah, it would be. Uh, but again, reasons. Okay. Then we see a board getting eaten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Kim is terrified and Kez detects it with her magic brain. Uh-huh, yeah. And then, shock horror, the transporter fails, but it's alright, because Bilana Torres can do a skeletal lock. Which my next question is, is that a Klingon sex thing? Yeah, what the fuck, yeah. Mm. Yeah, um... Yeah, so we get some technical babble on our transporter and they bring them back. And they, did, they, did they transport Kim to sickbay directly? I can't remember. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and, and then everything starts shaking and yet again Starfleet need to invest in seatbelts. Yeah. Why, why don't yeah. they just have seatbelts? I don't know. Well, they did in the motion picture. Yeah, had that little thing that folded over Kirk's thighs. Yeah, and what a magnificent pair of thighs! I knew you were going to go there with that. I knew it. Uh, Then I, I, I I would love to be one of those foldy things. Would you? Would you? Oh yeah, I want to be a foldy thing. You want to be a foldy thing for Kirk's thighs? Yeah, have you know the way his hands forcibly, forcibly fold them over. Oh, it's it's just filthy. (laughs) Anyway, my next note says, Kez's magic brain says danger. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah. And then we find out that 8472 won't let them through this passage, so they're going to have to cross Borg space instead. Um, Then Neelix has already said that resources are really low, so why the fuck are they powering up the holodeck again? What the fuck, Janeway? Um, well, because she she has to power up the holodeck so that she could get this idea from Leonardo the second time she goes in. Oh, oh, oh just no. Again, reasons. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, sure. Let's form an alliance with the Borg because they can be trusted. Yeah, let's do that. Stupid woman. Well, this was my first. Um, this was my first big revelation because suddenly, you know, it's like a there's no prime directive. Yep. You know, there's 8472, it's clear 8472 and the Borg are at war, yeah. And without any knowledge, evidence or reason, they decide that 8472, because they can beat the Borg, must be a more dangerous enemy than the Borg. Right. Despite not knowing what started the war. You know, it's like, if you decided, if you came from space and you saw the Americans dropping an atom bomb on Japan and concluded that the Americans were the worst, you know, the more fearful enemy, more dangerous enemy in Japan, you're doing that without knowing that Japan bombed Pearl Harbor four years earlier. Yes. You know, so you're not, you're missing out the whole four years in between 
and judging it on a snapshot of what the situation is. And not even taking into account the fact that the Germans and the Russians are also involved and that it's a really complex situation. Exactly. I'm not saying that dropping the atom bomb was right, but you're making a judgment mm. on not having all the facts. And Janeway and Chakotay, when they make this decision very quickly, you know, I mean, Harry Kim's yeah, Chakotay really board. doesn't make this decision, though, does he? You know, but Harry, yeah, well, Harry Kim's been back on board. He's not been back on board long enough to have an IV drip put into his mm -hmm. arm, and already the doctors discovered the nanoprobes that can kill eight four seven two. Now, that wasn't a set-up for the second episode, was it? No, 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 none at all. No. Um, so what's my next... The... Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, no, carry on. No, no, I'm just going to rant. I'm going to rant. So, yeah. my next note is, let's store all the data in the Doctor. If shit hits the fan, we can delete the Doctor. That's a bit harsh. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I thought that was a bit... Because guess... they've spent three seasons teaching us that the Doctor's an actual person... And now oh. it's fine. We can just delete him when when shit gets shit, bad. Shit, uh, thinks Janeway is being too risky. She does this a lot. Then we've got Chicote story time. Hashtag Scorpion. Mm -hmm. uh, then we've got it's a stupid plan, but she goes for it anyway, despite Chicote telling her it's stupid. And then an ethical question: If should we help the Borg? Well, Janeway's thrown her morals in the bin again. Yeah, because it's this time, it's, uh, it's the way that she decides to destroy 8472. Fucking genocide, Janeway. Yeah, you know, it's like, where's your, where's your hashtag, we are Starfleet now? Yeah, you know? she's only Starfleet when she wants to be. Yeah, then, just halfway through, 8472 rock up, uh, to which point I've written, this is going to go to shit. And then I've written Death Star Planet Boom to be continued. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's so annoying because I think I think after Scorpions Part One and Two, we only see eight four seven two in one other episode. Hmm. Which, you know, were, what was the point in going to the Delta Quadrant to introduce a species like that and then only use them in three episodes of the remaining hundred and ten episodes or whatever they had left to go over the four seasons? Yeah. Yeah, um, but we've got the Borg plenty. Yeah. yeah. Lots of Borg cubes getting blown. I'm blowing up Borg cubes left, right and centre. So yeah, that gets us to the end of Scorpion Part 1. Yeah. So go on, how did you feel Scorpion Part 1 went? Well, again, in hindsight, with the exception of the opening scene, mm -hmm. uh, it didn't age well. For some of the reasons that we've been quite flippant about, I think the blatant disregard for the, the Prime Directive, mm -hmm. the choice of committing genocide quite freely, not based on all the facts. Um, it's just shocking. Yeah. Uh, just, it was classic Janeway. It was classic inconsistent writing of mm -hmm. Janeway's character. You know, Kate Mulgrew's great, but the Kate oh, yeah. one minute... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hold Kate Mulgrew responsible for any of Janeway's actions. Um, well acted, I, badly written. Yeah, they just they just never knew what to do with her. One minute she was, you know, we're, we're going to take, we're going to destroy the array that can get us home, and we're going to take seventy five years to get home. Next minute she's uh, wanting to kill a whole species using a biological weapon. Yeah, it's stupid. Yet she won't use a magic cannon to fire them back home. Yeah, 
because that violates the Prime Directive. Mm-hmm. So, we're on to part two. Aren't you glad you didn't have to wait, like, eight months or however long it was for for this? Because that would have been a disappointment. Try my trouser pocket on uh, Yes, just edit that out. I've got the car key in my trouser pocket and Sarah's looking for it. I- I'm going to edit out the you asking me to edit it out. I'm just going to have to put your hand in my trouser pocket bit and leave it in. Okay, yeah, put yeah. your hand... Put your hand. There's a song there, isn't there? Put your hand in my trouser pocket. Isn't that put your hand on your heart and tell me? <laughs> Are you well, misquoting Jason Donovan at me here? I, I may be. I, I think I'm about to get a row here. So okay. I'll be happening if you'd hang the car key up. What oh, is the problem? Cool. So you found your car keys and we're ready for part two. Yes, yes. Cool. So part two starts with them trying to get Janeway back from the cube. Oh, this is where the the Borg are getting their ass kicked again and one of the cubes grabs the Voyager and a tractor even hightails it out of there. Doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. And Janeway, Janeway sends a message from the cube saying that they've come to an agreement and they're going to get safe passage in return for the weapons in, in information and get a Borg escort. Janeway's going to work away on the cube and for some reason Tuvok has to go as well for a visit. Not quite sure why. And the nanoprobes fix Kim. Yay! Yeah, I don't... What's Janeway doing on the cube working on it when it's a doctor? And it's doing it all. I don't understand that. I don't know. Uh, Don't try and bring consistency to the writing of this episode. Well, I mean, it's the doctors in in the uh, medical bay treating Harry yeah. Kim and developing the nanoprobes. Yes. Yeah. So what's Janeway working on in the Borg Cube? Uh, I don't know. Introducing a new character for the rest of Voyager. Mm, oh, oh, OK, but they don't, she doesn't say that. I'm here to introduce a new character, does she? No, but you're not going to do that, are you? <laughs> so anyway, Kez has a magic brain again and says 8472 are watching. Uh, yeah, I just got Which on. is... Yeah. All very exciting. <sighs> yeah, okay, so Kez's magic brain. Uh, oh my God, I, actually, you know what happened? Because I watched this on Netflix, it automatically went on to the next episode. And, oh Jesus... Oh god. I stopped it before it got there, I can't remember oh, what the see, next I was, episode I was, is. I was lying in bed watching it and I really... Oh, no, no, no. Anyway, right, so, uh, Casey's magic brain, that's... Yeah, Casey's magic brain. Then what happened? Uh, then Janeway reports um, to the Borg about the ship and the aliens being made of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they stick some Borg technology into Janeway and Tuvok and and they both kick off about having Borg stuff stuck inside them and Janeway asks for a single Borg liaison or the deal is off and then the Borg just agree yeah this deal, um, this deal changes several times in the course of this episode if I remember right yeah 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 yeah, yeah I don't think they actually wrote it down um, then they pop the Borg tech out of Tuvok and Janeway and we meet Seven of Nine instead yeah um and she's a bit of a pain in the arse, to be honest with you. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and then she talks about these multi-kinetic neutronic mines, which apparently can, like, wipe out a whole system. And Janeway says, those weapons are too big. Let's not kill planets full of people. Right, but Let's concentrate wait. on the correct sort of genocide. Yeah, but yes. By, you know, back again, you know, your plan yeah. was to commit genocide. Uh, but, but she's picky about which genocide she's going to commit. Yeah. Uh, yes, actually, no, no weapons of mass destruction. But you, yeah. you created the weapon of mass destruction. What is your problem with it? Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, but anyway, so the the Borg are considering this plan, um, but they prefer. Uh, but Jeremy prefers the idea of smaller torpedo-based weapons instead. And this week they have thirty-two photonic torpedoes left. Mm. Well, that number. I think they just pick a number out of their bum every episode and yeah. decide what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I. Um. We are Borg seems to be the answer to any query. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you do that? Please yeah. can I have some exposition from you, please, Mr... Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Mrs. Lady Borg. I would like some exposition to explain why this episode is doing what it is. We are Borg. Yeah. You're not going to believe this, but I've actually forgotten how the episode ends. Oh, it's all right, we'll get there. All oh, right, OK. Uh, I think I've written it down. Yeah, oh, wait, um, I've just remembered, yeah. It's... Then 8472 turn up and attack Janeway, Tuvok and some Borg are now all on Voyager because they get beamed aboard um, and they very quickly install that green lighting in the cargo bay. Mm-hmm. I-, I was impressed with how quickly they managed to install the green lighting. Yeah, yeah, they converted the cargo bay very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously they did the light fittings first because that's got to be the first thing you change, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. uh, apparently they had to sacrifice the cube to protect Voyager. I'm not buying that. And no, I'm not either. And the Borg are now stating that they have an alliance, and Cargo Bay Two has been assimilated, and everything's been cut off apart from one power conduit or some shit like that. Uh, Janeway's hurt. Would have made so much more sense if they'd have killed her off, but they didn't. Um, then Chakotay goes off brief. And does the right thing. Um, yeah, does the right thing. Goes back on the deal. Scuppers the alliance, and then Seven now goes rogue and dumps them in fluidic space. Uh, my next note is Janeway's. Stu- uh, sorry, now they are stuck. Janeway's back and pissed. Right, is this where case then main melds with our species eight four seven two? Not yet. Not yet. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, so now Janeway is ready to kick some 8472 ass with the Borg. She overrules Ch- Chicote and says that their individuality is about to become their undoing. Now she's starting to sound like a Borg. Uh, then we get some sappy, friendly, loving bullshit before they agree to fight the same fight. It's a load of crap. Um, yeah. Then... Uh, Chakota gets relieved of duty and Janeway states that they're going to comply with Seven's plan. Uh, Seven says they're in agreement and they go off to fight Species 8472. And if it works, they should escape with the Borg. And if not, we'll all die together. And then Janeway says, we are going to war. You know, as you're describing this episode back to me, I'm liking it even less. (laughs) 
So now Kez acts as this magic conduit for 8472. Um, and they warn 8472 as to what they're going to do. And 8472 says they're going to purge the galaxy of these people who aren't compatible with their biology or some shit like that. Um, then they have a fight. It's not looking good for Voyager until these magic weapons that they finished making five minutes ago turn out to be absolutely amazing weapons and all the 8472 ships blow up. Um, they get back to the Delta Quadrant and Voyager issues a warning to 8472. They ignore it and then Voyager destroys them and then all the other 8472 ships fuck, fuck off. Um, then, lo and behold, Seven terminates the alliance and begins plans to assimilate Voyager. And then, secret Chakotay plan hashtag Scorpion is initiated. Oh, I'm so glad they told that story in episode one. Until oh, yeah, yeah. That story that I remember none of the details yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, because that's obviously... That I just wrote down as Chakotay's story time. But it tells the story of the Scorpion. Which, if he didn't do, he wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't be able to say... Um, or Jamie would be able to say, Jamie to Chakotay, Scorpion. She might have yeah. had to say something like, Jamie to Chakotay. Now. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so then Chakotay pretty much mind melds with this Borg woman. Mm -hmm. um, oh, this is, this is his Indian living dream shit, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the aim of this was all about. I think he was trying to distract her while... Torres did something that's never explained. Mm. Is it a power surge or something? I don't know what they do, but essentially that shuts down Seven of Nine and Chakotay, um, severing Seven's connection to the Collective. But Chakotay's going to be all right, just have a headache. Mm. Then we get a good old Tom Paris, yes ma'am, um, for no real reason. Um, and then we go back to the resource-intensive holodeck. Mm -hmm. mm. Then we get emotional waffle between Janeway and Chakotay on the holodeck. Yeah. Uh, Seven's still on board, stabilising, sounding like she's rejecting her boginess. And then it says, Seven's here to stay, and they're going to offer her friendship, because if you're a My Little Pony fan, you will know that friendship is magic, yo. Yeah, it is. And then I've written, Apologies, waffle, Emo bullshit. End credits. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just. I don't know how you found my summary. Well, <laughs> just see when you were like, what? It's a strange thing here because we, we we both agree that Voyager's inconsistent. One of the things when when you were describing all the flip flop stuff there, you know, alliances on, we'll change the alliance. This is it. Janeway's orders. Chakotay not following Janeway's orders, and the, all the flip flopping, you know. The, the episode's clearly all over the place when I look back at it now. I thought it was great at the time, but it's not age well. Yeah. When I compare this two-part episode to something like Year of Hell, mm. um, the, I think the contrast in the storytelling couldn't be uh, you know, any more different than it. It's just yeah. an amazing difference in the storytelling between Year of Hell and this one. And I, I think... We, it's look, Scorpion's looked upon with some great affection. I think because of the beginning, uh, the, the shocking beginning, 
with the three Borg cubes. And it's also the introduction of Seven of Nine. And the introduction it? of Seven of Nine, so that does... Who does become a favourite later oh, on? One of, one of the, the, the truly great characters in the whole franchise. Mm. Uh, uh, certainly helped save the programme, and I think the, the Seven and yeah. Doctor episodes in Voyager are, from this point on, are all the best episodes of, of Voyager. I mean, what was interesting... Very much so. What was interesting, when I was in Vegas in 2016, and... Jordan Hoffman hosted a panel and it was the 10 greatest episodes of mm. Voyager. Uh, sorry, 10 greatest episodes of all of Star Trek. And from memory, I don't think, I think a couple of people nominated Scorpion, but I don't think you go anywhere near the top 10 in the end. If, if you Google it, you can well, actually Google it and get that list. After having a rewatch, I can understand why. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say there's an argument for it to be in some of the worst episodes based on some mm. of the comments that we've just, you know. It's inconsistent. It goes against the principles of Star Trek repeatedly. Mm. Absolutely. And it's it's just not very good. Yeah, it's... Which is a shame, because the premise could have been really good. Yeah, the, the faults with it are the same. The faults with this episode are a microcosm of all the faults that exist through Voyager. Janeway's inconsistency, the gobbledygook, yep. not thinking things through. You know, as and this is this probably you know Berman, partly Berman, partly Brandon Braga's fault. You know, wanting it to be. You know, I like to blame Rick Berman for everything, though. He's not. He's not to blame for everything in the world. No, he is. Yeah. Fuck you, Rick Berman. Uh, whereby they wanted, you know, they wanted to put them into the Delta Quadrant, but they yeah. wanted an episodic format. Where they should have had a hybrid format. There was nothing wrong with what they attempted to do. So, for example, with yeah. the Kazon, even though the Kazon are rubbish, you know, where you have a Kazon episode. You mean budget Klingons? Yeah. Where you have a Kazon episode, then they meet a two or three aliens of the week, and then you have a continuation of the Kazon storyline. And, yeah. and they flirted with it without doing justice because, they, you know, they, they had the Seska thing and then they brought her back for one episode. So they sort of flirted with it, but they never put any real depth into that that storyline. Um, yeah. To, to bring... That, that's the thing. It, 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 it just always consistently brushes the surface and never actually gets deep into anything because they go off to do something else instead. Yeah. And they never go back to... It's like... Tuvix is never mentioned again. Well, you know, if, if your captain's murdered somebody using the transporter, it's going to come up in conversation. All right, it, it did come up in Lower Decks, but... Yeah, it's, it's not great. You know, that's the... And I, I just, yeah, I mean, Jane, Jane... The way Jane May was written is what annoys me the most in this episode. Yes. And I, ne I never felt that, you know, while Chakotay was right, you know, there was no real moment of where Janeway um, questioned her own actions and her own decision-making processes. No, I was, oh, she, just she doesn't says, even really acknowledge his opinion. No, she just says, we need to, we need to stop fighting each other. Yeah. And that's it. Which basically means, shut up and agree with me, dickhead. Yeah. Which isn't the way to command a vessel. You're supposed to 
work with and not just acknowledge but actually comprehend properly the advice that you're getting from your second in command yeah. uh, you see it in next generation when Riker and picard have actual discussions about what's going to happen yes and you don't see picard just basically going shut up will mm-hmm. it's my ship i'll do what i want which is basically what janeway did and she does that a lot yeah she does that a lot um yeah back to episode caretaker part two she should have just went back in the magic space yeah one. yeah um I don't know how she actually... The way the, the, the writer sometimes... I don't know how she actually made Captain. No. So, there's some controver- controversy, listeners. Place your comments below. Have a go at me for that. How did Janeway make Captain? I don't know. Through bad writing? Yeah. Surprised she wasn't in that New Zealand prison with uh, Nick Lacarno. Sorry, Tom Paris. Um... Yeah. Definitely the same character. Yes, yes, absolutely the same character. Um, same actor, you know. Did you know that? Is it? Oh, I um, know. I didn't know that at all. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was Scorpion. So, Scor- that was Scorpion. Yeah. That was Scorpion. Yeah, it it was a thing. It's happened. I won't be watching it again for quite some time. Yeah, I think I, I don't. Unless I'm doing an actual whole watch through, I don't think I would go yeah. back and revisit it. No. So, on a different topic entirely, uh, we've had episodes one and two of season two of Lower Decks. Now, have you watched either of those? I have watched them. Um, what did you think? I feel exactly the same way as I did at the end of the, the first season. Um, it's, it's okay, but I'm not going to go out my way. I, I, no, I found season one, to, uh, sorry, episode one to be shit. I didn't enjoy episode one. Uh, it didn't feel like the Star Trek parody that it normally feels like. It's, it, it just didn't didn't feel like it was in the right universe. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't really make much sense in gel. What? Episode 2, on the other hand, I really enjoyed Episode 2. So many Easter eggs um, well, that I really enjoyed. Well, the Easter eggs are part of my problem with it, to be honest with you. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, episode one was basically a remake of uh, was it the cage? Was it the cage? I think it was an. It was a, basically a remake, same story as a TOS episode, the one with Gary Mitchell. Um, yeah. And the, the, you know, every episode has lots and lots of Easter eggs, probably fifty or sixty Easter eggs uh, or references, and it's it's a twenty-minute cartoon. You know, if you took out all the references. What are you left with in terms of original content is my issue with it. Uh, and I think, you know, it is, it's it's a nostalgia fest, but I don't think it brings much new storytelling to the table. That's the... Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's, it's fun. It's better than Discovery. It is better than Discovery. Yeah, but... But you think going to the dentist is better than Discovery, so it's, it's not a great benchline to be working from. Um, well, you know, some people find going to the dentist quite kinky. It's a... Yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah. Oh, you know. It's not the sort of drilling I'm looking for. Not... <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so, yeah, 
it was okay. If JJ was here, we'd have had a proper argument. In fact, it's, we've had the same opinion, basically. Makes it dull. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think you'd have struggled to defend that episode or, too hard. Well, JJ would have struggled to defend that episode. <laughs> I, I just think that there are good episodes of Voyager. There are really good episodes yeah, of Voyager. Agreed. That's not one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But we could have picked... Well, we may do. We may pick a shit episode of DS9. We may pick a shit episode of TNG. Every series has them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, the whole of Voyager isn't as bad as Scorpion. No, I mean, the best episodes all take place after Scorpion. Without doubt, you know. Uh, yeah, there's some good ones, and I'm trying to remember what they're called. Um, uh, but Year of Hell, Someone to Watch Over Me, Family. No, I'm meaning before, oh, before um, uh, we get to... Uh, I've just got to get my episode list up so I can remember. I'm trying to think what... But there are some, there are a couple. some good ones. Uh, but but it, I think it does get better from season four onwards. Yeah, definitely. From season... Um, Oh, the, the time travel one was pre, uh, pre-Scorpion. Yeah. Uh, the one where to go back to Earth. Yeah, and your favourite, Threshold, is season two. Yeah, that's the best episode. Um, uh, uh, of course. I, I've forgotten the name of the time travel one now. I'm embarrassed to say that. Uh, I'm really shit at episode titles, I'll come, as we it'll, know. It'll so. come back to me. It will come back to me. Uh, but yeah, that was a good one. Um, and actually, again, they brought back the temporal Starfleet guy, Brax. They brought him back in a great episode. Yeah. Uh, where Seven of Nine's yeah. running about trying to prevent war in the future. No, there's, there, there are good episodes throughout um, Voyager, but there are bad ones um, and I think there are a lot of mediocre episodes mm. yes it's... A, an awful lot of mediocre episodes sadly yeah unfortunately anyway, what's, what's the number generator got for us because I'm really hoping it's threshold right let's let's threshold, have a look then random number generator are we ready for today? What am I going in between? 1 and 788. Are you ready for today's random number generation? Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. Oh. It's number 96. Oh, that'll be season 1 TNG, probably. 96. It depends what order I put them in. Oh, that's true. Uh, 96 is... Oh, well done. Season 1, episode 17 of The Next Generation. So I'm going to have to find out what that is now. Is, is it? It's around about the time of Conspiracy and the Neutral Zone, I think. One second. TNG Season 1, episodes number 17 is When the Bow Breaks. When the Bow Breaks. Right, okay, I'm going to have a week. Would, would you like the little bit of a synopsis to yeah, wet your whistle ready for sa- next week? Sa- save me so, up, yeah. Oh, the first two words make me very, very happy. Uh-huh. 
Like, so Wesley mean, Crusher. I, I was about to say that. It's Wesley Crusher, isn't it? <laughs> Wesley Crusher must protect a group of kidnapped Enterprise D children while Captain Picard fights for their release. I'm struggling to remember this one. Um... Uh, so, without reading any more, I think it's the one where they all the children of the Enterprise D are kidnapped and they're taken to that alien planet. And um, Wesley has to be Wonder Kid by liaising with a computer that's controlling them and stuff. Uh, I think, vaguely. Wesley? Wonder Kid? Yeah. computer's going so slow today. I think that's why we're having the riverside problems. Um, yeah, okay, I'm going to have to... Yeah, is it... I'm, I'm still struggling to remember this one. I really don't remember it oh, at all. Oh, that's good. So you're season one, episode 17. I will mark it as done on my list. I quite like this episode, because it's a very Wesley episode, where he doesn't nearly get executed, which is good. It's, this is something tells me this is going to be a bit of a shitstorm next week, being a season one TNG. Not all episodes of season one were bad, but there was a there was a few dodgies. Well, it's all right. It's the the bonus of it being random is that we we sometimes are going to get good episodes, we're sometimes going to get bad ones. Mm -hmm. so At least it did, it didn't land on the animated series because that would have made me sad. Because they are in our list. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going. Okay. I'm looking forward to this. I shall. Oh, I shall look forward to this and treat this episode with the utmost respect in my review of it next week. Don't be respectful. Be honest. <laughs> well, yes. yes. Fucking genocide, Janeway. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. You might need new flashcards for next week. Uh, yes, I think I'll make new notes for for next week's yeah. uh, episode. You may want to already write Wesley the Wonder Kid. Wesley the Wonder Kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking that in advance, a bit of Wesley the Wonder Kid flashcard might be useful. What I'm going to do is I'm going to record me singing that, and every time you mention Wesley, I'm going to play it. Oh, well, that's fine, but you don't have the button that makes it play. I'm, it. I'm going to play it into my mic. That's what I'm going No, to. no, sound <laughs> quality, no. <coughs> but it'll be worth it, it'll be so worth it. Will it? Yeah, we went through this whole episode without any sound effects today. What's wrong with you? That's because I didn't have to do this every time uh, JJ spoke. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so, oh, God. I wonder if he's actually seen this episode that we're going to be doing next week. I don't know. I don't know much of TNG JJ's seen. Yeah, it's just, I think he's just seen Voyager. He calls himself a Star Trek fan. I've seen Voyager oh, and I've I feel been... that would be mean. Yeah. But I approve. <laughs> I've seen Voyager and I've been to a convention. Therefore, I'm a Star Trek fan. That's... To be fair, he can call himself a Star Trek fan yeah. if he's only seen one episode and enjoyed it. Let's not do gatekeeping, Gregor. But I like it. But let's... let's No, no gatekeeping. It, we can pick on JJ, but let's make sure that it's actual 
directed personal attacks, not okay. gatekeeping for uh, fandom. Okay. He doesn't like threshold. I don't understand that. Is that because threshold's shit? It's so bad it's good. It's so bad it's classic Star Trek. It's not as good as Move Along Home. You know my my opinion. Move Along Home is the best episode of Star Trek ever made. Okay. What, what, on, genuinely, what do you think is the worst episode of Star Trek you've ever seen? Oh, the worst. Oh. Ooh. What's yours while I'm thinking of well, mine? Because I'm going to have to rack my brains a little bit. I think the worst episode is Shades of Grey, but I'd never say that that's the worst episode simply because there was a writer's strike and they couldn't do anything else. So that is... Yeah, yeah. There is an excuse for that. Uh, what's the one with Chakotay? The fight? Yeah. That's pretty bad. Um, yeah, it is pretty awful. That's pretty bad. Um... The Muse from DS9 is pretty bad. Yeah. No, there are quite a few that That's do. got to be Code of Honor. Uh, I'm going to have to go for Profit and Lace, I think. Yeah? Yeah. It's just offensive. <laughs> it's bad. It's tasteless. It's offensive. It's crass. It's just awful. And I love the Ferengi, but that episode is just... No, no. So, yeah, Profit and Lace will be my... That'll be yours, yeah. Mine that I hate. It's like we, we do have plenty to choose from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is plenty to choose from. Uh, I thought New... I f actually, I thought in Discovery... New, I don't like Discovery, but I actually thought New Eden was dreadful. No, the one before it. What was the one before New Eden? Oh, I can't remember. You, the you're one asking we, me episode titles. The one where we meet Tignataro, I thought that was a truly awful episode. Um, for a number of reasons. So, yeah. but I, I, I'm, it was too much like Star Wars. Space Wizards. Yeah, it was too much like Space Wizards, the one before New Eden. I don't like Space Wizards. Yeah. Pick a genre. Yes, exactly. Um... So we're doing When the Bow Breaks. So how many times are you going to watch it? Uh, it does have Wesley in it. Yeah. Probably just the one. I do have a busy week. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, just the one. I, I, I think I will probably also just watch it the once. In fact, I will almost... It's not it. that long since I did a TNG rewatch, so it's not that long since I've watched it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, do I just do the number check again? What? The... No. 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 You know, you know, one one with Wesley and the dirty traveller, the old man that Wesley has a relationship. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that's that's that that's, really that's, creepy, that's, creepy yeah. relationship with. That. Yeah. 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 It's like Wesley and his sugar daddy. No, yeah. no. And he goes away with him in the end. Mm. He runs away with him. But he still manages to make it back for Troy and Riker's wedding. In what, for all of the seven seconds he's on screen? Yeah. Um, he, he makes it back for that. And he's in a Starfleet uniform as well. Yes, I know. I know. I think they forgot that he left. Uh, 
I don't mind him coming back, but can we have a little bit of context rather than just him randomly sitting there in a uniform? Yes, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't need to put him in whites. Just some context would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as um, a little bit of a three-second how's life back in Starfleet. Oh, well done, I see you've made Lieutenant. Yeah, I'm on the Cerritos, it's great. That would have been fine, because that would have contextualised it. It only needed 10 seconds of dialogue. Mm. Yeah, that would have helped. I believe there is a deleted scene. I've not seen it, but I believe there is is a deleted scene where... I think I've seen it because we've got Nemesis on DVD. um, Yeah. And there's a couple of deleted scenes. Um, But, yeah, don't don't get me started, because I thought Stuart Baird... And don't get Marina started on Stuart Baird. And, And... if you're ever if she's at deep, well, she Stuart Baird, the writer, the, the director. All right. If, if Marina's at DST, which I'm pretty sure she will be loving in the UK now, um, and we go to her panel, I'm going to ask her about Stuart Baird just for a laugh. Is she going to go off on one? She will go off on one. I still can't get over hearing her speak. It, it's really weird to hear her speak. Yeah, but let's be fair, by the end of TNG, um, because I watched, what what, what was the episode I watched the other night? The the one with Jellicoe. No, actually, it was Descent. I know the one you mean. Yeah, actually, I watched Descent Part 1 and 2 the other night as well. And um, the accent's dropping. Yeah, but it's more when I hear Marina being Marina and you get that really strong Essexy accent coming out of her. It's just like, oh, that that that's how you really sound? Yeah, well, she's North London, isn't she? Because she's a Spurs supporter. I, I, her, I don't know, her accent sounds quite Essexy, but... Yeah, no, it's North London she's from because she supports Spurs, so... Um, yeah, but that doesn't mean an awful lot, doesn't okay, well, saying that... For, for the benefit of um, James, it's Tottenham Hotspur Football Club are a Premier, English Premiership football team from London. No, what I meant was you don't have to live near a football club to support them. But you should. Shoot, I support my local team. I'm just having a look to see where she was actually... Oh, born in Hackney. Yeah. Brought up in Haringey. Hackney Marshes. Uh, and then she went to Guildhall School of Music and Drama. And then went off to work in a theatre in West Sussex. wonder how she ended up in LA. Uh, in 1986, she emigrated to the United States, settling in Los Angeles to boost her career, later becoming a naturalised US citizen. Oh, she's back in the UK now, so... Yeah, she's moved back to somewhere down south, hasn't she? Yeah. Oh, she's got a Tottenham Hotspur tattoo? Yes, she has on her right shoulder, I believe. Uh, On the back of her left. Is that her left shoulder? Looking at this image, yeah, unless the image has been mirrored. I think to see the badge to see if it's... Been... Uh, no, the writing's the right way around, so it's on her left shoulder. Because it says the words Tottenham Hotspur underneath. That's the only reason I knew the badge was the right way around, because the letters weren't backwards. Yeah. Well, if Harry Kane is sold by Spurs, that would be my second question. 
DST. If Harry Kim is sold by Spurs? Harry Kane. If Spurs sell... Oh, right, sorry, I thought you said Harry Kim. If, if, I was going to say, Spurs, was he that fed up with not getting promoted he became a footballer? Well, if Spurs sell Harry Kane in the next week before the transfer window closes, uh, I'm going to ask her what she thinks about Harry Kane and I'm pretty sure he'll get a tirade there as well. Good, good. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. Okay, well, it's like, it's football's a bit like Parisi Squares. Right. I don't, Parisi Squares? Uh, Parisi Squares. Do I need to Google that as well? Uh, well, well, Riker plays Parisi Squares. I don't know how you spell it. Uh, apparently, P-A-R-R-I-S-E-S. It's a vigorous and rather violent athletic game played by people of many worlds during the 24th century. See, they don't have wars, so they need, they need to take the violence out in sport. That's because Janeway hasn't been invented yet. Yeah. We're going to war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not... But yeah, it doesn't ever actually say what the game is. No, no, you never hear, you never see them playing it. No, we just see them stood outside in far too much spandex. Uh, and you see, uh, well, you see uh, squash or whatever it's called. And uh, we see racquetball. Racquetball is it? Yeah, we see that on DS Nine. Twenty fourth century racquetball and spandex. Julian and it's it's worth it because I get to see Bashir in that outfit. Mm -hmm. And there's the picture up here. O'Brien is just staring at his groin. Well, you would. <laughs> well, I would. Yeah. Well, so we've stayed on topic for about an hour today. That's ridiculous. We have. We've we've done remarkably well. It's. I think it's because I actually took notes. Yeah, I think I'll I'll, I'll have to write some jokes based on the next one. I think. I think I'll have to. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. If you're going to take notes, they've got to be short, succinct, and sassy. Yeah. Otherwise, there's just no reason to do it. Well, you know, like, like that's... I don't want to be one of them podcasts where we just go through and basically we regurgitate memory alphas page about an episode. Because mm -hmm. th those are crap. You've got I don't to, like them. You have to personalise it. Yeah. yeah it's got to be personalised. Yeah. Like Kezzy's magic brain. Yeah, well, fortunately, we don't have Kez to talk about again for a while, I hope. So, yeah. Until she comes back and does a Scarlet Witch impression in season seven. Oh, yeah, what was that about? I don't know. Why did they even feel the need to do that? I don't know. I mean, why, I mean, it's she, just weird. She became like an omnipotent cue. Why was she angry with them? I don't know. Just... Yeah, I think that episode was called Fury, and it's just absolute rubbish. I remember watching it at the time going, why is she doing this? This has yeah. no credibility. There's no reason no. for her to do this. But, yeah, just... Yeah, didn't work, didn't work. But I know why. It's because Ronald D. Moore was working on DS9 at that time. So why does that bring Kez back? Because he'd have went, you're not writing that shite. Oh, right, fair enough, yeah. That's that's why. He'd have said, you're not writing that shite. Yeah, no, it, 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 it was a, a, a terrible, terrible... 
he'd have said to Bran... Example of space wizardry. Yeah, he'd have said to Bran and Braga, no, that doesn't work. Yeah. But there you go. Anyway, what are you doing the rest of today? I'm playing Dungeons & Dragons this afternoon. Oh, oh, oh. That sounds like quite organised. Not, not that I'm a massive geek or anything like that, yeah. but I was up till like midnight last night playing um, a game called World of Darkness, which is all about like vampires and werewolves and stuff like that, um, set in the modern day. And this afternoon, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, where I'm going to be a randy bard who tries to have sex oh. with everything to make it behave. Oh, that sounds right up your street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when the big scary dragon comes, I'm just going to try and fuck it into submission. Mmm. I think I want to play now. <laughs> <laughs> there is um, a game called Star Trek Adventures, which I've got the books for, and at some point I do need to read them properly, because I would like to play that at some point, which is where you get to roleplay being in Star Trek, which would be quite cool. Mm. Yeah, I, I've, I've never got into Star Trek online. I, I don't have the patience for these games. No, I mean actually roleplay it. I don't mean, like, run around from one person with an exclamation mark on the head to another. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you, you sit around and you roll dice and you actually make actual decisions as the captain and things like that. Uh, right, okay. So is this Dungeons and Dragons virtual, or is it the board game and you're doing it over Zoom or something? Uh, it's yeah, it's being done over over Zoom. Uh, I think. Well, not Zoom. We're using Discord, but same sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, can you camera on Discord, or is it just? Yeah. 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 No, we have our cameras, and we use a website that does all our dice rolls, so that you you can see what the other people have rolled with their dice and stuff. So. Oh. I didn't know you could do that on Discord. Uh, that's not Discord, that's a separate... Oh. Uh, you can roll dice on Discord, apparently. I've never figured out how to do it, but there's another thing that we use for that, and it's cool. Yeah, right, well, why don't you tell us where we can find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter, at Thamilitum. What about yourself, Gregor? Where can we find you? I thought you were going to tell us what castle in Dungeons & Dragons we could find you, but it's OK. Oh, I don't remember place names. Uh, you, you can find me on uh, Twitter, at CrabbitGinger. And what about JJ, if he was here, how would we talk to JJ if we felt well, some weird urge to you, do so? if you wanted to type in at Albert Android on Twitter, it might take you to a very dull Twitter feed. Um, but, you know, that's, that's JJ's Twitter feed. What hey, sometimes he retweets the interesting stuff we post. He does, he does, you know. <laughs> when he's not censoring us, um, you know. Did you like the, the Seven of Nine one that I tweeted? I don't think I saw that did one. Did you not see that one? I no, no, I will have to have a look when we've finished. Yeah, yes. Um, wasn't the most inclusive tweet I've ever sent, I'll say. It was Okay. Hmm. I, I, I will have a look later. Yeah. Hmm. It's definitely and one I will either giggle or send you some sass or both. Yeah, Pro probably both. <laughs> yep. Cool. Well, all that remains is for us to say the magic words, Gregor. Yes, live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. See you next time. Mm -hmm.